All right. Well, this is going to be, I think, episode six or seven of High Tide in the Dream Time. And what I'm going to be talking about today is death. And I think it's an important subject to talk about, especially with what's going on. And to put it in the context of its denial in our culture. And also in the to bring it out of the closet so we can bring it into our everyday. Because when death is part of your day, um, it puts things in a different light. And it is, it is something that is in the shadow of our culture and it's in the shadow of our consciousness. Um, Carl Jung said that death surrounded life like the night surrounds the day. And I think We live in a death denial culture, and obviously we do. And we also live in a culture where the finitude of our egoic structures is not recognized. That this whole constellation of identity that begins with our biography and our memory of this lifetime and all the ways that we self-identify, whether that means family or our achievements or our uh, identity professionally or our relationships or our position in our families. All those are really constructs. And those are things that ultimately have to be let go of. And in the end, Letting go of those things is the most difficult part of death. It's, you know, you hear people talking about, you know, people's regrets when they're dying, you know. But really, all people are doing in those moments are they're being caught up in their concept of themselves and wishing it had been a more successful concept or wishing it had been a more perfect concept lived in a way that in looking at it seems more whole. But the truth is, is we all have to let go of that. And we all have to let go of the constructs that support our sense of ourselves and our lives. And that's a lot of what's going on right now with the coronavirus. We all have these assumptions about what really forms our lives and what really are the underlying structures of society, whether they be government or culture or uh, wealth or prestige. And now with the coronavirus outbreak, it's democratized the whole experience of being human right now. It doesn't matter what your wealth is or how much wealth you have. It doesn't matter your position in society. It doesn't matter what family you come from. In our engagement with this virus, we're all on our own. We're all left with, how am I gonna deal with this if I get sick? And for everybody, that's a different notion. It has to do with their sense of themselves, their hardiness, How am I going to endure 
this virus if I catch it? Um, what's my resistance like? What is my strength to fight this? Um, who can I rely on to help me? Do I have health insurance? Am I going to be able to see doctors? Am I going to be able to go to hospitals? Do I want to go to hospitals? Because that's where all the really sick people are. So it's utter chaos. And our self-identification and our orient, the things we usually orient ourselves towards are in, are in chaos right now. And one of the things that is in the most chaotic state is how our culture in the West views itself. Because basically, we live in a secular materialistic culture, which basically the overriding theme is that you work hard, you do well. It shows the favor of God if you if you if you're successful, and if not, then you're kind of out of luck. Um, and nothing shows that more than someone like Donald Trump being able to be president, who, by any measure, is a person of low character. By his behavior, by his sexual behavior, by the way he treats other people, by the level of his accomplishment in proportion to what he came from. He's just somebody without any character at all, but who has promoted himself as this bastion of secular materialistic success. And there's no doubt in my mind that he's been designed to reveal the fallacy of this. That, that ultimately when the rubber hits the road and there's a real crisis that comes from nature, not from human concepts of what is strong and what is weak um, and what is powerful, but actually fundaments of our existence. He's completely lost and he's been completely lost. And nothing is as revealing as the democratized nature of life than something like the coronavirus because it has access to everybody. You know, I saw this thing the other day and people are getting criticized for it. It was a bunch of celebrities uh, singing Imagine line by line. And, you know, I don't know, I thought it was sort of ridiculous, but it, but it really showed that it doesn't matter who you are, what your experience is, you're vulnerable to this virus. And so, it asks bigger picture questions. Who am I? What are my real resources? What happens if I die? What happens to the people around me if I die? What if somebody that I love and I'm counting on dies? It's very, very challenging. And that's the experience that people aren't really talking about. That's the panic that people feel. And then, you know, it goes into larger and larger objectivities. You know, if you see yourself as the sum total of your life experience and that's all you are, then death is a catastrophe 
because it all amounts to nothing and just kind of gets washed away like sidewalk dust on a summer rain. Like it never happened. Maybe you're gonna get a, um, a memorial made out of stone or iron that proved you were here. Maybe you're going to um, get an obituary in the LA Times. But if your consciousness spans this lifetime, precedes this lifetime, and follows this lifetime, then you can just embrace this whole experience as part of the mystery of your ongoing realization, which it is. You know, there's something called Indra's net in Hinduism. And you know, I've, you know, my interest primarily is mysticism. That's what I feel like is helpful to people. That's what's been helpful to me in my life. Not new age mysticism, not kind of like classicist mysticism in the great uh, traditions. Um, and in, in, in Hinduism, which is, you know, a very old religion, and it's the religion that birthed Buddhism, and is a little bit, in its own way, a little bit more dynamic than Buddhism, um, they have a notion of what's called Indra's net. And Indra's net, as I've experienced it on a couple of occasions, is our consciousness, which is, you know, it's a field, it's not, our experience is limited in this lifetime by having arms and legs and eyes and noses and brains. That's what our consciousness fits into and that's what conditions our conscious states. That's what makes us think, oh, I'm Robert or I'm whoever I am and this is what I've experienced, this is what I've seen, this is what I've heard, this is what I've felt. But most of reality isn't physical. So... I think what you, what's possible to perceive is that your brain is a receiver for your consciousness and physical reality. And if your consciousness just identifies with what's received, then you can lose touch with the parts of yourself that precede this lifetime and are going to follow it. It's not parts, it's a, it's a state. And the th amazing thing about that you know, the amazing thing about Indra's net and about those, those states of consciousness is the notion of Indra's net is that it's eternal and it precedes the physical world. It follows the physical world, but it is interwoven in this very life. And it's here and you can experience it if you take the time to. It is never going to ex exist in your thoughts it is never going to exist in your concepts. It is never going to exist in the thinking mind. It's never going to exist in the pain body. It's never going to exist in your suffering or in your conditioning. But beyond that, it's there. It's like a weave in all that. And if you quiet all that down, you can experience it right now. And it 
It's not the power of now and it's not mindfulness. It is none of those things. It is like an ambient noise that is with you all the time. It's been with you when you're a little baby. It's been with you in your traumas as a child, which mostly for most people is just lack of empathy for who they truly are. It's been with you in your suffering and your relationships. It's been with you in your joys. But that ambient noise doesn't change. It's always there. And I really think that in death, and you know, there are people very close to me right now who if they get this virus are gonna die. So I've been discussing this a lot with them. Um, in death, you can't screen that out anymore. You can't screen out that ambient noise that is kind of intrusnet, which is really the same thing as saying a quantum field that contains physical reality and non-physical reality, but it's right here, right now. It's not on CNN. It's not on the Drudge Report. It's not on the LA, it's not in the LA Times, which is, are all just trying to say sensational things to get your attention. And they don't know about it. And the culture doesn't know about it. And the culture doesn't talk about it. And the culture doesn't have any language for it. So what's really important is that you take personal responsibility for experiencing that. So that you can be nurtured by it. So you don't have to be nurtured by your circumstances. And that's one of the great opportunities that this isolation is offering is that you can perceive that which supports this entire lifetime for you, for the people you love, for the people you care about, for people who are ill, for people who are well. That's what's supporting everybody. It's not the government. As we all see the government's failing and the fantasy that the government can uh, save us from larger challenges in our human experience is absolutely a fallacy. Um, there is a SM, a website called Religion Not Politics which is basically about how people in our culture, they ascribe their highest values to their political views because they're embarrassed about having religious inclinations. So they don't talk about their religious life. What they talk about is being uh, progressive or conservative or progressive humanitarian. And, you know, I think people like Hillary Clinton embody this, but you know, someone like Donald Trump embodies it as well because his whole uh, identity is based on the financial world. And someone like Hillary Clinton, hers is largely based on progressive humanism. And everybody seems to be embarrassed to talk about their religious life, to talk about what their most highly held values are. So, you know, you have people who are pro-life and, you know, people who are for a woman's right to choose. And that's where all their passion goes into. But, you know, those are, those belief systems are, are valuable in some ways. Um, but it isn't where one's greatest passion should be. And one's greatest passion should be towards perceiving 
the kind of eternal field that is the support system for this life and we've entered into this life from and will return to at the end of it. And when things like this happen, when things like the coronavirus happen, it gives us the opportunity to connect with something that is usually unseen. And that's the challenge. I may get sick, you may get sick, uh, people we love may get sick, and some of us are gonna get through it and some of us aren't. But we have to perceive that field to maintain the strength and the commitment to our life no matter what happens. You know, that's the opportunity that this presents. And like I said, you know, in the last, in the last podcast I made, yeah, there are elements of development in this. You know, this isn't happening for no reason. It's not random. This has been building in the collective for a while. And it's been building in the field for a while. And it's going to create a lot of transition and a lot of transformation for a lot of people. Um, yeah. So that's what I want to say about today. That's what I want to talk about today. Um, I hope this is helpful to some people in some way. You know, it was helpful for me discussing it. I liked, I liked uh, thinking about it, contemplating it, because I know that I've gotten wrapped up in a lot of personal identity issues the last few days and last week or so. And now I'm looking out the door, out the window, and I can kind of see Indra's net. And that's kind of cool. All right. Um, I hope everybody has a good Sunday. Today's Sunday. And I hope the coming week goes well and everybody stays healthy and safe. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.